0: Hey guys, Toolman, Tim here. We are back with another round of Fireside Chat. Tonight, we are going to talk about fire water and all the other things drink related. So who do we got tonight? I got Nate up uh, to my left, to my right. I guess it depends on which way you're looking at it. How are you, Nate?
1: I'm doing pretty good. How about you? Oh, not bad you, at all. got
0: my fire water right here. Just going to ask you. Yeah. What are you drinking tonight? Uh, Glenn and Founders Reserve. Nice, nice. And who do we got
2: below us? We got Brother Ken. How are you, Brother Ken? Yeah, doing fantastic. Doing awesome.
0: Excellent. Now, it's a drinking episode. I know you're not a big drinker, but
2: what are you drinking tonight? I got my four roses here tonight. Keep oh, he's a
0: bourbon. Oh, do we have three, three bourbons? No, your, yours is no, scotch. No, mine scotch. Yeah, but that's close enough. They're all in the whiskey. We'll forgive
2: channel. you. <laughs> and uh,
0: I have, what is it? Bottled and Bond Kentucky bourbon right there. So I, it's pretty smooth. I enjoy it. Get a little bit of simple syrup mixed in with this one. So, so how's everybody's week been, Nate? What do you? I know you've launched something pretty exciting, but oh how have you been, Nate? I,
1: I have been working my butt off. We finally got the rabbits in the shed, so those guys are all set and done. Uh, nice. Water systems in there, electrics done. They're in there. Saturday, there's talk of. Making a road trip, so we'll see about that. I think the girls might be listening upstairs, so I'm not going to say it. Fair enough. Um, and then uh, last Friday, I did a YouTube live stream. Uh, it's the first one I ever did. So uh, based a little bit of ham radio, sat here, played on the radio, was able to pipe the audio in from the icon that I have here into the stream so you could hear what I could hear. Then I checked into a local net and kind of explained some stuff that was going on. So I had a few people show up, but nice. it was enough. It was fun. went for about an hour.
0: Do you have right. any tech gremlins or did it work out for you?
1: No, it actually worked out pretty good. Um, I did a test stream. That's yeah. when I worked all the tech gremlins out. So that was a couple days ahead. And then uh, got everything set up, you know, made sure everything was working and then hit live. And it seemed to work. So. Remember
0: what they said in Ghostbusters, just make sure you never cross the streams. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so yeah. just be careful there. That'd
2: be <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. Wait, are you using OBS for your YouTube streaming? Yeah. I know you had mentioned that earlier. Okay, nice. Yeah, I'm, I'm
1: using OBS. I I want to like StreamYard, but I'd rather learn how to use it and you know play with some of the stuff in there. Cause I hear a lot of people say you could do a little bit more stuff with uh, OBS over StreamYard. Yeah. Oh, 100%. 100%.
2: Yeah. You- if you have the bandwidth, you can still stream to multiple places too. But like for me, I don't have the bandwidth. So StreamYard right. is. Yeah. <laughs> I
0: find Absolutely. StreamYard is like iMovie and OBS is like uh, Final Cut Pro or something like that, you know? A little yeah. more technical, but it has more features. But StreamYard, yeah. it feels like an Apple product. You just pick it up, and you're like, oh, this makes sense.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You click and go, and you're done. Where StreamYard, yeah, I had to mess around a little bit, get the audio in, you know, play with a couple things, and once I saw that working, it was good to go. So
0: I got a shout-out to Rachel Brown. She said in the new Ghostbusters, they had to cross the streams. Fair enough. I haven't seen it yet, so we'll have to watch that, but we got martinson family in the house and we got chicken hawk floating around in the background he he's, he's an alcohol expert not an alcoholic an alcohol expert yes there, <laughs> so he's here he said for text support this evening
2: they're I mean, often they the same thing experience. though isn't it with mm-hmm. that it's it's often the same thing uh alcoholic and alcohol expert it sure can be <laughs>
0: how's your week been ken what have you been up to
2: Uh, Too much. Uh, The biggest thing I did this past week was not burn the homestead down. Uh, My wife was gone for like four or five days and I managed to keep everything together just well enough for her to swoop back in and rescue it all. (laughs) She said she walked in the house and was like overwhelmed with how messy it was. And I I thought I did pretty good. And I'm like, what are you talking about? (laughs) But apparently it was uh, a little... I guess it was a bachelor pad for the week. So what can I say?
0: I don't know. I, th- let's just say, and I'm, I don't want to, you know, generalize too much. But the female standard for a neat and tidy house seems to exceed the male standard for a neat and tidy house. Like
1: here and yeah here. Oh, no, <laughs> Nate, are you
0: the opposite, Nate?
1: No, we're uh, we're we're a lived-in household. Fair enough. That's okay. <laughs>
0: We did pretty good. Becky was gone those nine days before I went to self-reliance and it wasn't bad. You know, it wasn't up to her standard, but she didn't pass out when she came through the door. So that was a bonus.
2: Yeah, that's good. Yeah.
0: And for me, I, I've been, I've been home since last Wednesday night. So basically not even a week yet trying to play catch up kind of, um, I head out in, I think it's like 28 days or 29 days to go to Dallas, (laughs) so that's going to be yeah get get everything done get my snow contracts finalized get the last few outdoor projects done before you know santa comes by and turns everything white here and yeah just keep my head above water it's been good though like i'm not not stressed or overwhelmed just things need to get done and they'll get done and on to the next thing
1: cool
2: it doesn't help get stressed and overwhelmed either what's that ken uh, I said it doesn't help much to get stressed and overwhelmed anyway. So, no, it doesn't.
0: What'd you say, Nate?
1: Are you going down to Jack's?
0: I am. Yes. Nice. I'm presenting on, uh, I haven't settled on a title yet, but the idea is a, a, like DIY projects you can do for around the homestead. So, I don't nice. want to spoil it too much, but I think I'm going to share some of the different like hack together projects I've done over the years. So, it'll be awesome. Be interesting. There
1: you go. That'll be fun.
0: Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. And then, no travel until the end of April for LFTN spring next year. So at least <laughs> <planned>.
2: <laughs> you're going to go through withdrawal of going that long between trips. <laughs>
0: well, Becky's been sending me uh, Zillow links for uh, uh, parcels of land in Tennessee. So it, it, it's a done deal. We're, we're buying land down there. It's just a matter of when we awesome. find the right oh, parcel cool. for the right price. Yes. Yeah. Nice. So
2: Look around Solana. Be- you won't be far from us. <laughs>
0: I w- I'll, anywhere you know what i mean as long as we yeah. get good people we're good so yeah there you go so tonight guys we're gonna talk about all things alcohol which is kind of interesting um let's see so where did my do you guys have much experience with home brewing? let's start with that where, where are you guys where are you at on the scale there nate
1: um i failed one batch from the mr brew setup and that's really about it
2: that's
0: okay <laughs> how about you
2: ken
1: on a scale of one to
2: 10, I'm at about a 0. 0.5. Okay, that's fine. I, <laughs> You're
0: well, better than me. <laughs> I'm, I'm probably a five. Um, so years ago, I lived on a second floor apartment uh, above an old lady and below three guys that like to play Dungeons and Dragons all the time. And great time. I was broke as a joke, but I did like beer. I don't know. It I was something about being 21, 22 and liking beer. That's how it goes. And so I decided I needed to learn how to make homemade beer because, you know, alcohol and money, they soon part, right? So I was like, well, I need to learn how to make beer as cheap as humanly possible. So I would salvage empty cases of beer, you know, empty beer bottles whenever I'd go to a party. I was working at Dairy Queen. So we had a party and I'd bring my empties home with me and I would go and buy the cheapest can of pre-mixed. I wart basically they call it. You know, it's so it's like a can of beer syrup, basically.
2: <laughs> yep.
0: And I wasn't very good at sanitizing, which if anybody <laughs> wants to know, uh, is uh is very paramount when making any homemade alcohols. So the very first batch I made, we were in a hurry to drink it. We put it in the fridge and maybe let it age a week. So for those of you out there, number one, bad sanitation. Number two, we drank it green. All I could say is it tasted like a mix between apple cider and vinegar, like apple cider vinegar, actually not very, Mm. not very beerish, but we drank it. We took it out and we took it to my buddy's place and we drank it like crazy. And I way, way back then that was the Genesis for me. That was the first time I considered making content. I was going to start a blog called the apartment brewer because I had this long, it was like a 10 foot long closet, three feet wide. And I had my mason jars with my pickles and stuff and my carboy would always be in there brewing. And that's where I started. I picked up, we'll talk about the books in a little bit, but uh, the Com- complete joy of homebrewing by Charlie Papasan P- 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 or something like that. It's, it's kind of the Bible of homebrewing. So if you've never, if, if you want to get a book, start there. So what happened to you, Nate? You said yours uh, failed miserably. I love hearing about failures cause you learn from them.
1: It, I don't, I, I have a feeling sanitation was a part of it. Cause it did taste a little bit funny. It was close to beer, but had no carbonation in it whatsoever. No, this was like, I think I let it sit for like three weeks, maybe. So did you,
0: is that, so the Mr. Beer, was that that thing you used to be able to buy in like a, like at a yeah. like a Walmart or something. And was it like a mini keg? Yep.
1: Yeah. It was a little mini keg that sat on its side. Yep. And they gave you just enough of the plastic bottles. to, And then when you went to go fill it, you poured the sugar in the bottles. And yep. then you... You primed the bottle or whatever. Yep. Then you filled it up and you dropped the cap on. It just... It never carbonated for me. Hmm. It's so weird. Did it taste like alcohol, though? Was there alcohol in it? It was close. I would say it was close to tasting right. Because it was like a summer... Like a light pilsner that I did. Because hmm. I wanted to try something you know, relatively easy. Yeah, but it tasted kind of like it. it might have had a little bit of vinegar to it. But yeah, it did not carbonate up at all, and I'm like that's it. I'm done. <laughs> Walking away.
0: It sounds like you killed your yeast too soon somehow. That's what I don't know if it could be. Yeah, just cuz normally beer yeast will go, you know, your typical yeast, 5 or 6% alcohol for sure, and if you normally it'll I don't know. That's weird. Yeah. I don't know. It, but it happens. I mean, I I had a batch that I made a few Christmases ago that we put under the sink in the kitchen, just left it there, completely forgot about it, and it went moldy. So that that can happen, too.
1: Yeah, it, it very well could have been temperatures in the apartment could have had something to do with it. So, or no, it was, that was the HOA that we lived in when I first did that.
0: Were you allowed yeah. to make beer in the HOA?
1: uh don't ask don't tell but
0: yeah <laughs> oh, i'm sorry i couldn't resist that that was yeah, yeah how about you ken you uh you you had a good experience with me did you
2: uh the first experience wasn't too bad i think i took it off too soon um it was pretty sweet it had it was had a really good taste and good carbonation and all but i um once my wife had a sip of it it was either drink it all or I wasn't going to get any. And so we drank it early. (laughs) And then she kept hounding me to make another batch. And and that one turned out uh, pretty terrible. So I'm not sure what happened happened with it. How's that? What do you think happened? I don't know if it was maybe a sanitization issue. Um, Could have been, but it just, I don't know, one or two of the jars exploded. uh, And it just, I don't know, it just tasted terrible. I'm really not sure what I did. I think I rush the process a little bit or it's been like four years ago and i honestly don't know um yeah who knows i need to try again just to go for it because i like a good mead but
0: if you get an off flavor in there one of two things it might get either poor sanitation which is you know what i mean that 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 can happen and no matter how hard you try it can happen or air could have got into it so could have been that You know, which is, can be hard because when things are fermenting, there's really no way for air to get in because you've got that carbonation pushing out, but once it Mm -hmm. slows down, that's when shit can go sideways. So, yeah,
2: that one, that one could have been a temperature thing too, Mm -hmm. because like the, the apartment we were living in, it was a little inconsistent and I stuck it back in the, I'd forget about it. And it was, yeah, who knows? (laughs)
0: You can use, for those who are interested, you can use like those seed, you know, the seed starting mats, those warm ones or whatever. Mm-hmm. You could take right, them yeah. and wrap them around your carboy. And for those who don't know what a carboy is, it looks like a glass five-gallon jug that you would put in a water dispenser, like a Culligan Man's type thing or whatever. You can wrap that around there, and um, and it helps keep the temperature. You just just, yeah, because that can be important. Like where I lived when I was the apartment brewer, that closet got cold. So, and what cold will do is it'll slow down your fermentation, or stop it altogether. But um, uh, Chicken Hawk had a couple of comments for us. He said, first off, everyone's first mead tastes like feet. Uh, I don't know if I want to know how Chicken Hawk knows what feet tastes like. Whatever he did to do, I'm good with. Hey, he's my buddy. Uh, we've met in it's person now. There. I know he's not a serial killer, so we're good there. But um, and then he also said an off flavor is just called character.
2: <laughs> uh, this is the 97 batch. Yes. <laughs> Has an interesting if, taste.
0: <laughs> if a feller gets into distilling, which I only did a little bit of. I got all kinds of stories, but I did make a still one time, strictly for scientific purposes. And if you do get into it, if you get a really shitty batch of wine or meat, as long as it's alcohol, you can distill it and turn it into shitty moonshine. So at least it'll get you <laughs> feeling good anyway.
2: <laughs> so what, what out, what's that i was trying to figure out rachel's comment right at first and then she clarified in the, in the next comment
0: okay it says one of the local beer distributors decided to do beer making classes if there's anything i learned from those classes it's that doing it from scratch was actually easier than doing it from from, from a kit. <laughs> <laughs> and he's not wrong i toward the end like i haven't made Real homemade beer in a lot of years, but the last couple batches I made were from scratch, and they're a lot more fun. And in some ways, they're a little more forgiving because it's just like a recipe at that point. You know, you go to your beer store and you buy the hops you want, you buy the grains you want to use, you brought you buy the the malt which will be your sugar, and you boil it. You know, if I remember, you put the grains in a like a a tea bag, you know, and let it soak and whatever. But it, it was fun; I enjoyed it. So, what does everybody like to drink? What, what's your? Uh, or well, let's, what, what have you tried of other people's homemade stuff over the years that you really
1: enjoyed? So, I've I've had a lot of my uh, brother in law's beer that he's done. He's done, I would say, probably fifty to seventy five batches. Over the years that I've known him, uh, he's really good at it. Um, some of the stuff has been absolutely delicious. He did it. He's done a couple of porters, um, a couple of stouts. That's usually what I drink. And then, uh, um, he's done a couple of meads that have been really good. And then uh, every once in a while, you'll get down at SRF. There's definitely uh, some good stuff to be had down there. Yeah, I had some stuff there. That was
0: yeah. So, you're a stout man?
1: I used to. I used to drink a lot of craft beers and stouts like the bourbon barrel stouts. Um that's kind of what really got me going into bourbon. And I'm like, well, I got it. I'm I'm just going to try it." And honestly, I would rather go buy a $50 bottle of bourbon and leave it here on the desk and drink it over a couple of weeks versus going to buy That you know, you know, thirty dollar, you know, twenty two ounce, the big ones that we get down here for uh, a craft beer that's every bit of twenty five bucks. Right. Because you got to drink it in one shot. It's beer. It's gonna go flat. Mm So that's
0: a good point. I I don't know. Maybe as a person gets older too. I I've certainly graduated from the bottled stuff to the hard stuff. It's easier to keep around. It stores better. Yep. Uh, it, it's an acquired taste, but boy, it, uh, yeah, I don't know. I enjoy it. Sit and sip it a little bit. And yeah, yeah. Like you said, yeah. if you open it, it's not going to go bad.
1: Right. And and once you figure out what you like, you know, you start going down that road. Oh so yeah. We, we have, there's only a couple of scotches that I like. One of them is this Glenn LeVette founders reserve. Okay. And it's nice. It's only a $35 bottle of scotch,
0: man. That's good.
1: I don't need to go spend a ton of money to enjoy a glass of scotch. Now, some of the bourbons that I have 60, 80 bucks a bottle, you know, I don't go crazy. A lot of angels envy, um, makers, Mark, you know, we we cook makers Mark more than we actually drink it. Um, and it's just random other stuff I'll see at the store and want to try it. Like I want to try Jefferson's ocean one of these days. That's the one that's, uh, to sea really yeah Hmm. that's just because they can right yeah it's like a two-year trip they do that's crazy it's all it's all aged in the bottles you know during that or all aged in the uh yeah as they're going on the trip around the world it's pretty cool to hear that stuff
0: I, i used to drink iceberg vodka just simply because it was made from icebergs you know they would go in uh grab the ice from it or whatever and it just mm. it's a sto- when there's a story behind it for whatever reason it just i don't know it adds to the enjoyment a little bit hey eh? <laughs> right
1: and then i like trying the random stuff this is oh, the yeah. uh no walnut liqueur
0: yeah we we're talking about no chino
1: yeah oh man that's like christmas in a bottle that's exactly what it is this, I, yeah so this is your standard 750 yep and this
0: is What's that
1: so, a half court or whatever? Yeah, it's a, like 275 Okay. But they're low numbers run. There's only maybe a hundred bottles of the, bottles of those ever made. You got to get them from the distillery. And if you are not sitting at their door when they open on the Friday they, they release it, it's gone in like 10 minutes.
0: Really? Wow. Yeah. And you get you managed to get there and get one?
1: Yeah, I was able to get this, and they do uh uh A maple, it's like a honey maple. Oh my god. And they use honeys so good and the maple syrup from um what is it? It's Morton Arboretum around here. Okay. I'm I'm not too far. If you know Illinois, there's Morton Arboretum. They get the honey and the maple syrup from them and then blend it into the whiskey or make it, you know, with the uh or age it with that in the bottles, that stuff will go down like water. And I then they make a <laughs> uh, blue popcorn, which is really good. It's real sweet. Really? It's like uh, um, blue popping corn you can get at the store that makes just regular popcorn. to uh, like a blue kernel, and it's really, really sweet. Oh, and That's a good one to have.
0: I remember oh, I was into home brew or uh, microbrews for a long time. And when I lived on the East coast, there was a small brewery out of Moncton at the time it was small. It was called the pump house. Of course it had a fire, firefighter motif mm-hmm. or whatever. And every summer they would do a blueberry beer and it tasted like blueberry cream. Like it was so good. You ever try we something did- like that, Nate?
1: We were on our honeymoon in Salem, Aaron and I, this was God, 12 years ago. That's a
0: perfect um, place for Aaron to go on her honeymoon, by the way.
1: Oh, yeah. It was for both of us. We had, okay, we had a blast. That's cool. Um, great bed and breakfast we stayed in. But we went to, uh, is it which City? It was, I think it was Witch City Brewing or something like that. And they had a blueberry there that had actual blueberries in it. Yes, sir. It, so, she so did it, not like it. I thought it was pretty good. So, which city was it? Uh, Which city brewing in Salem, Massachusetts? Salem I'm sorry. beer. Works. Yeah. Thank you.
0: There, Aaron said, "Oh my God, that blueberry beer was green." Sick emoji face for those on
1: yes. the audio only. <laughs> but she doesn't like beer, so no, I get uh, it. That's fair. Yeah, Salem beer works. That's what it is. But so, give her a twisted tea, and we'll tear one of those up.
0: I have. I brought <laughs> along some homemade liquor tonight. This one right here. Is from a fellow Burton, the guy that was supposed to come on our show this evening. This is what he refers to colloquially as dishwasher fuel. This is peach-flavored fuel, moonshine, and it is deadly good. Very, very good. Cool. Uh, I, anybody ever dabbled or known anybody unofficially who dabbled in moonshine?
1: Unofficially, I might know a few people. Um, there's a really good... Apple pie that is sitting upstairs. Oh, yeah. We have yet to crack into that. And then this other place that we went to, we had this really, really good lemonade moonshine. That's one I
0: haven't tried yet. Have
2: You can? I like a good lemonade moonshine. Apple pie, not so much. Something about the cinnamon. Anything cinnamon, I'm like, no thanks. But the the lemonade moonshine is spot on.
0: I got to try that. See, I came back. I had... Our neighbor at Prepper Camp had, uh, he said, Tim, you're Canadian. I bet you've never tried this. And I'm like, no, what is it? Of course, I'm always game. And it was apple pie moonshine. And I took a swig and then another big swig. It was
2: good,
0: like really good. And it was potent. Like I think he said it was close to 70% alcohol, but it you man, it was oh, yeah. tasty. So. It, it was big on the East Coast uh, growing up. Uh, the French down the French shore, the Acadians. There was always a lot of moonshine kicking around there. Mm-hmm. And, um, and uh, what uh, do you guys ever know any bootleggers? You know what I mean by bootleggers? Or maybe mm-hmm. it wasn't so much of an issue where you live, but people who would sell illegal liquor, like when the mm-hmm. liquor stores were closed and stuff.
1: Mm-hmm. So
2: there's always had, a place to get
0: it. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah there's, there, there, there's always that the guy who would, you know, leave the 20 on the stump, come
2: back in an hour. Yeah. Or at least you know a guy who knows a guy who maybe knows a guy. <laughs> exactly.
0: So where I grew up, it was a fishing area. And there was a guy down there. Because, okay, back up a little bit. Up until 10 years ago, maybe 15 years ago, there was no Sunday shopping in my province. Nothing was open on Sundays. Very wow. old-fashioned. So, of course, <laughs> that meant no liquor store on Sundays. So that was big. T- so the liquor store would close at 5 o'clock on Saturday and wouldn't reopen till Monday morning at 10. So that was prime real estate time for the local bootleggers. And so there there were two. There was one guy in Bear River, and he, we went there with, I went with my friend's dad all the time. And this dude would get busted by the cops all the time and never get caught. They would show up, search his place, and there'd never be a thing. And then there was a guy down Digby Neck. He had a little a little dinghy, you know, just a little uh, rowboat. And if there was a for sale sign on the dinghy, it meant you could go in and buy liquor from him. But if the for sale <laughs> sign was gone, he was out. That's what all the locals knew. He's long past now, but it was, it was pretty cool. I always enjoyed that.
1: Yeah. Kind of like the birdhouse and the, uh, the, going the uh, going home, going home series. Yeah. Yes. That makes
0: sense. If, if you don't know, you don't know, you know, the worst yep. thing you're going to show up and try to buy a boat that isn't actually for sale.
2: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Any do
0: you guys ever try, oh shoot. What do they call it? When uh freeze distilling.
1: Uh, Applejack, I, that's something I want to get into. Uh, I've never done it.
0: It Okay, years ago, I bought this, they call it turbo yeast, and you basically make white lightning. For those who don't know what white lightning is, it's basically sugar, water, yeah, yeah it, that's all it is, right? And you, yeah. typically, where I grew up, you just use table sugar, which is awful, but anyway, that's another story for another day. <laughs> we used um, white granulated sugar, and it would it would the yeast would die at about 18 to 20%. So it would go really high. And then the idea was that you put that 18 to 20% of alcohol in the freezer and the part that didn't freeze, you would put that in a container and you would discard the sugar. It's like a poor man's distillation. Mm -hmm. If you did it enough, you could get it quite high. And Chicken Hawk says that sounds like something straight out of the trailer park boys, because it probably is. Because it always was filmed two hours from my doorstep, dickhead. <laughs> but yeah, so that's, yeah. And I tried it once and it was okay. But it um it had a nasty flavor. That's all I could say because it needed to be filtered. But
2: yeah.
1: What, what yeah, was that Applejack you said, Nate? Yeah, Applejack is you take apple cider and kind of do the same thing. Get it to ferment, get the alcohol going. And then you leave it in like a 55-gallon drum. And every couple times a day, you may or may not need to go scoop the ice off the top. Oh, that sounds... I got to try that.
0: That So this mm-hmm. bottle here, see if we can show you with a nice little flip top. That is some of Jack's dead simple apple cider. Mm-hmm. And all that is, is the cheapest apple juice I could get in the store. Whatever the yeast was that I ordered. And I think you add a little sugar to it. That's about that, four years old. I've got three bottles left to have not opened.
1: And that's what he... That's what a lot of people talk about doing. That applejack with,
0: So just the you
1: know, dirt. at that, yep. I'm, I
2: mean, we just get the get regular apple cider and let it sit out for a few days, and I mean, it's nice and fermented. That that's when I like it the best. It's straight apple cider, like fresh. I'm like, yeah, too sweet. But let that baby ferment a few days, and I can put it away. <laughs> and
0: you can't you can't keep apple cider from fermenting on a bet. Like it wants to turn to no. alcohol yeah it was yeah. very common back home you'd go because i'd always buy the unfiltered i love the stuff with the big you know not chunks but just
1: that's what we have with we four gallons of it
0: yeah we would take because it would come in like a gallon milk jug and the old timers would just take it and throw it up in the floorboards in the basement where it would get the warmest you know where the the heat ducts were for your furnace or whatever they would just leave it there for a week or two weeks and let her do her business crack the lid every so often so it wouldn't explode and you know, it, I guess it was better than uh, jailhouse wine anyway. Erin mm-hmm. said she had fermented apple cider in the fridge by accident. Pretty much had a mother in there. <laughs> <laughs> oh. And Thesea is here. Hey, Thesea, how are you? So, has any have any of you guys ever tried distilling at all? Making any hard, real hard stuff?
1: No. Nope. I haven't.
2: Nope. I've wanted to, but... <sighs> After after the meat experience for, uh, about four years ago, I put everything away and haven't pulled it out since. We live in a camper too, so I mean there is the space issue.
0: It gets yeah, it can get <laughs> any of that stuff, and yeah, I don't know. It's like me. I I I get into home home brewing, whatever distilling, and then I get out of it for five years. So then I got this stuff that's just collecting dust, right? And I built a little pot still. I got the, I don't even, well, it was a, a buddy of mine. He was the type of guy that knew how to do everything, or at least he claimed he did, you know, and had, if you listened to him based on his work experience, he must've been 105 years old. Cause he had 75 jobs that were each 10 years long, <laughs> but he did, <laughs> he knew his shit. So he told me, he said, go get yourself a, I think it was like a, like a three gallon stock pot, you know, a stainless steel one mm-hmm. and go get yourself some flexible copper tubing that you know like you'd use for plumbing in a furnace or something and then he said go down to the fish shop so there's a place that would make o-rings and you got an o-ring big enough to fit around the lid of the pot you know how the there's a step down where the lid sits Mm -hmm. inside so i got an o-ring and then i went and got a bunch of those heavy duty paper clips you know those black ones that you push down and sealed it drilled a hole made a, a bunch of turns in there and then heated it up and let it pass through and Man the moonshine that came out of that or sorry the um the transportation fuel, fuel that came out of that was
2: uh, <laughs> was excellent
0: i mean it, it, it if you lit it on fire as a test it worked beautifully a nice blue flame so it was cool i i'd like to do it again yeah it'd be kind of fun
2: and you can I can actually order stills now. I mean, make them for you know fuel brewing fuel and all. You can mm-hmm. order a whole setup.
0: I think I, I should look into it. I think it might even be legal in Can I don't maybe it isn't, but at least owning the still is now for water, you know, if you want distilled water or you know, um
1: it's it's fuel. probably legal up there to use a still, Tim. You just can't cool the vapor coming off the right that that makes sense yes what was
0: that i think i was talking to chris the other day apparently in canada it's legal to grow tobacco but it's not legal to dry the leaves go figure right like
2: i can't make this shit up
0: i i just i'm done oh my god i'm done Uh, so here's legal to grow it
2: and not dry it wow
0: (laughs) Here is one that should have been bottled a little while ago. That is homemade peach wine. That's about three years old now that needs to go in bottles, but I haven't done it.
1: Nice. So
0: we ordered, I don't know, probably a 20-pound box of British Columbia peaches a while ago. I made Mm -hmm. peach jelly, and then I saved enough to make some peach wine. So that's going to go in some bottles whenever I finally get around to it, but... these um i don't know they're like a two gallon or no what does that say four liter i guess they're a gallon pickle jar from costco if you can get the the pickle scent or the pickle taste out of it they make a really good fermenting jar because you just kind of leave the lid
1: aaron does that with uh kombucha um she bought a she went to walmart and bought like their gallon or gallon and a half uh jar i mean the thing's freaking huge We dumped all the pickles out and it was like a $3 jar or $3 thing of pickles. And she ends up with this like gallon and a half pickle jar. Yep. And that's what she did her kombucha in a couple of times.
0: So Uh, Aaron says kombucha is terrible. I can't make it taste good. (laughs) I've never tried it, but it, I don't know. It looks horrible to me. I'm I don't know why it just doesn't, doesn't do it for me. I've,
1: you guys tried it or? I had one and it was okay, but I don't have anything to base it off of. My
2: wife That's makes good. pretty good kombucha when she tries, but often doesn't have the time and it goes too far and turns into vinegar. So often when we try it, it's like, oof, that just needs to be a, a cleaner right there. Not <laughs> not something that you drink. <laughs> uh,
0: Chicken Hawk says, Ken, you guys need to make some pawpaw wine. There you go. Can you tell me what pawpaws are since I'm an ignorant northerner?
2: (laughs) Well, I've actually never had a pawpaw. I know they grow here. See, I grew up in South Georgia. We didn't have them there. And I'd come up here and discover that, hey, we've got pawpaw trees everywhere. And it's, it's, I think, the only native fruit to North America. They say it's kind of a banana-ish taste. Um, It's maybe kind of pear-shaped, but... I've never gotten to eat one yet. The the air, the wildlife here just tear them up. <laughs> so anytime I find them on a tree, I'm like, all right, I got to go back and get that. Keep checking it. About the time it ripens up, it disappears. So I haven't gotten any yet, <laughs> but we've got hundreds of pawpaw trees here. I just, I haven't been able to harvest them. So I don't, I don't even have enough to try, much less make some meat out of. <laughs> or wine.
0: What about your area, Nate? Anything local that people use to... To turn in, because it seems like no matter where you live, and that's part of what I like about homebrewing and that kind of thing, is that I love the simplicity of it. You know, everywhere Mm. you go, somebody local made something. But is there any kind of local thing that people do where you live?
1: The biggest thing we have that we do every year is we get the apple cider. Mm. And that's all kind of local. And then a lot of mulberries, like mm. yeah, as yeah, as Aaron says, Aaron makes a really good mulberry crumble. Ooh. that is like absolutely delicious. That's it, it does not last long. We have so
0: what are they mulberries? I, I've they're heard little
2: them. tiny berries. They're about no drops
1: of heaven. Oh yeah, um, they're about the size of a penny. Maybe I don't have anything on my desk to show size.
2: What are they- they're pretty big. We get them. Some of ours grow about an inch and a half long. I mean, they're yeah.
1: I mean, I was I would say you know about size of your pinky. Okay. You know, Aaron first between a
0: blueberry and a blackberry. Yeah, yeah.
1: So you can always tell when they're in season because your car, your everybody's cars covered covered in purple shit. Oh birds. yeah. Yep. Okay. Yeah, that's when you know they're in season because everything's covered in purple shit.
0: When I moved out here, because of course on the prairies. Not much grows um, <laughs> at all. So there's very few local kind of things. But uh, Saskatoon berries are here. They're a pretty hardy. So I have you ever had them or heard of them, Nate, or not? No. No. I'm, I don't like them myself. But they're like a thicker-skinned blueberry that's maybe slightly more on the tart side. They tend okay. to run, you know, like cultivated blueberries, you know, the size of them. They tend to be quite big, whereas wild mm-hmm. are pretty small. Their they're size, uh, like bush size and everything, tend to be about the size of cultivated blueberries. But I don't like them. They tend to have, you know how some blueberries have really fine seeds in them? You know, when you, mm-hmm. have you ever mm-hmm. had, you know, they, they have a lot of that, like kind of gritty seeds in them too. Okay.
2: But for us. Is there so, another name for them? It sounds Saskatoon- like you're driving, Yeah. Um, out west, or I mean south of you in the States, they have, I can't even remember what they call it. Some, something sounds kind of like that, but they don't call it a Saskatoon berry. Let's see if we can find
0: while well, we're looking it
1: up. Or uh, wild grape, maybe. I know we have some of that stuff in the back.
0: They do look a lot like wild grapes. Um, Juneberry, serviceberry, yeah. shadbush. Nope. They're, yeah, they're in the same family as apples, plums, and cherries. Learned something new today. Hmm. We got, we, we got ground, ground cherries
1: growing outside. Ground cherries? Yeah, those are really good. They're in a well, it's, a, about it's a it's a bush. It's I don't know about a foot tall. Um, they're in like uh, you know those Chinese lanterns. Yeah, they look like those on the plant. Yeah, I've seen those. And it's got parchment around it. Well, you open it up and you see if it's uh, ripe. And if it's ripe, I think it's orange. Aaron can tell me. Um she just grabbed a whole bunch on the side of the house the Girls the
0: I've heard them a different name. Is that what they are Nate or uh, Ken sorry
2: yeah, sorry I, I didn't mean to interrupt sorry um Huckleberries is what I was thinking of Out West a. Oh, I mean that's okay. it sounds like describing there. It's kind of like a little blueberry grows in the wild.
0: I'll be your Huckleberry.
1: <laughs>
2: I
0: would love that movie, but right yeah it says when they're yellow, they're ripe okay.
1: And it's kind of like a, I don't know how to describe it. It's a little like a, kind of like a tart um, tomato, maybe. I've seen those because, like you said, they have like a paper
0: lantern that grows around them, right? Yeah. Yeah. I don't remember what dad called them. They grew on the East Coast, too. Yeah.
1: They're, uh, we call them ground cherries. Okay. Hmm.
0: In Alberta, one of the big things that does grow when they plant it is corn. So Alberta is fairly well known for what they call Tabor corn. And I assume it was grown down near Tabor because that's a community in Alberta. But this the this right here, this moonshine, was made from a mash of Tabor corn, and it's pretty common for locals to use it for that kind of thing. Uh, Aaron says yeah. ground, oh ground cherries. Yeah, yeah ground okay. cherries. Sorry. No, that's all right. I so if somebody's looking to get into homemade or you know, home brewing. I think wine is the easiest one. It's kind of the gateway drug because you can just pick any old fruit you want and you can add, I mean, I have made it with Fleischman's bread yeast before because I'm cheap and I bought like a five pound brick for three bucks and kept it in my freezer for five years. But it, yeah, I probably exaggerate a little, but there is some truth to that story. (laughs) (laughs) But I've made over the years, I've made rhubarb wine. I've made raspberry, blackberry, peach, uh what else have i uh, apple wine apple wine's really good although that's basically cider but you just ferment it kind of dry uh rhubarb was really good though uh, i enjoyed that quite a bit and i've tried anything that i could grow or grab i would try it strawberry wine was good too i tried that a few times i could um, see that pretty good oh, it was yeah and aaron says that she'd love to do wine it's not hard you know it's just mash up your berries Get your get your juice. You know, so you've got figure out how much water, how much um, berries you need, and how much sugar. There's calculators all over the internet, and then all you got to do is pitch your yeast. So take your yeast, dump it in on top of your pot, mix it up, and then kind of partially cover it for the next I don't know, however long you want, month, three months, and when it's done bubbling, put it in bottles, and. Uh, Theseus says, mead was easiest for me, but hope to make some wine, um, wine next year. You don't get a harvest off our vineyard some years. I can see that. And I guess cider is, Rachel says, uh, um, she's done a lot of hard cider. And it cider's pretty easy. Like you said, you just take it, throw it up in, a, in, in your floor joists and leave it there for a little bit. But yeah, so um, I had this question too. What do you guys think about liquor making as a post-apocalyptic skill?
1: I think it's pretty important because everybody's going to want to get fucked up at some point.
0: <laughs> that's the truth.
1: And then you also have the medicinal use for it. I mean, straight up, it's...
0: Yes, medicinal. No, I'm just kidding. But yeah, you're
1: right. Because <laughs> yeah. it can yeah, be... Drink I mean, as-
2: enough will cure anything though, right?
1: Right. But but sanitation-wise, you make you know 95% moonshine. Mm-hmm. That's going to clean a lot of shit.
0: You want to believe? Actually, they say 95% alcohol is um too effective so what happens is it evaporates quickly so you actually you're better off to water it down that's why rubbing alcohol in the um pharmacies is around 70 percent because mm-hmm. the 95 percent stuff evaporates too quickly and doesn't do a job so okay. watering it down to 70 percent is actually more effective yeah I, i'm a fountain of misinformation but it is true so <laughs> um yes and fu- so you got fuel you got uh a disinfectant and you've got something that helps you forget the shitty times you're in right at the moment.
2: And and a barter tool. Some a barter, yeah. Other people, yeah.
0: You could do, I think, uh, I think you could do a, a big business in a post-apocalyptic wasteland just uh, trading on moonshine or wine or anything like that. Now, Aaron says you don't need, or she's asking a question, so you don't need those bubbler tubes or whatever they are. Okay, so here's the thing yes and no if you want to be so when okay when you first start fermenting those first you know five to ten days it's when it's really really active and what ends up happening is if you try to so those are called an airlock if anybody's ever seen them they're a rubber stopper with like a little cap in a tube and then inside is another cap that sits on top of it it works just like um P-trap underneath the toilet. So it, it makes a watertight seal so gas can get out, but it can't, nothing can get in. So what happens those first few days when it gets really violent, you know, everything's bubbling and going crazy. What I've had happen many times is it's blown that thing right the hell right off. So you'll go in, I went in my closet a few times and there'd be frigging bubbled fermentation all down the side because it just blew it right off. So, there's a couple options. Um, airlocks are easy, like Aaron said. Uh, Theseus said, Dad used balloons and rubber bands. So, yeah, that'll work great. And I've used it. Um, so, if you put a balloon on it, you probably want to put a pinhole in it so that it can. Whoa, look who's here. Amy Dingman, Farmers' Kind of Life. She said, She's got a <laughs> nice to see you. It's good to see her. But yeah, so um, <laughs> balloons with a hole in it with an elastic band work great or a tube. So if you get one of those rubber stoppers in the top, run a tube out and down into a bucket of water, it'll all blow off so that it makes a seal there. But those first few days, your probably your your wine is not going to get infected because it's so strongly pushing all the carbon was it carbon dioxide? I don't know. Whatever that is, blowing it out that it's almost impossible for anything nasty to get in. But then once you have four or five, when, when that's kind of settled down and the, you know, the people that are in there aren't too ugly or angry anymore, then you want to make sure it's airtight. That's when it'll just bubble. You know, you'll just get those. Doot, doot, doot. But yes, yeah, so like uh, Aaron said, you don't have to have one of those bubblers. You can do it with a balloon. You can do it with a hose or what a lot of the beer. Um, when you get those beer in a can recipes, you get a five gallon bucket, you do it in just put the lid on loose and let it bubble out. Okay. But uh yes, yeah, so Amy Dingman says she's a creeper quite often, which we appreciate absolutely.
1: <laughs> hey Amy, how's it going?
0: Yep. Oh man, we got everybody in here and now we have a Radiohead song in our head. So <laughs> I think that's Radiohead, isn't it? She's a creeper or maybe that's not the right uh
1: No, anyway. it's yeah, uh, give me fuel, give me fire.
0: Yes, that what I desire. Absolutely
1: might be Metallica, maybe. I don't know. You're asking the wrong person. Oh,
0: yeah. Now I got it in. Yeah, his his voice is in my head. I'm not going to sing it, but his voice is now in my head. That sucks. But (laughs) You're welcome. (laughs) So what do you think, Ken, uh, about it being a post-apocalyptic skill?
2: Hey, I mean, it's a good thing to know for sure. Like you said, for barter, fuel is a huge thing, which kind of reminds me of something I read recently that, I think the original Model T's had, I don't know, somehow they were designed to run off of both um, alcohol, grain alcohol, because everybody brewed their own stuff, as well as gasoline. Really? Supposedly, you know, if you want to dive into your conspiracy theories, supposedly the Rockefellers, who were behind everything, lobbied to have, or that was, they were behind Prohibition. Because they didn't like the competition for, you know, they wanted to sell the gasoline for all the vehicles. And if anybody can brew it from grain, they'd ride around for free. But so so that that's kind of oh. where I go with the fuel thing there. I mean, it reminded me of that. But I think that would be one of the biggest things, that and the sanitation. That's As, cool. you know, I mean if you're if you're good at it, you know, you, you could drink some of it too. If if if
0: some of it accidentally fell in your mouth, nobody's gonna complain. Right? right? I'm not. It, it's quality assurance too, right? You want to make sure yeah. that, that it works and that your customers or people buying the fuel aren't going to go blind in case they accidentally ingest some of the fuel too.
2: In, in a post-apocalyptic world, how else do you test the the content of it? You know, is this mm-hmm. a 95%? I mean, is that going to burn good?
0: Oh, I can't quite see right now. Well, that's real good <laughs> shit right there. Well, I met a guy when I was at actually before self-reliance, he was at tactical response and then he was at self-reliance as well. He is growing canola, which is big here. And um, he is getting ready to run one of his diesel tractors off of straight canola oil. I hadn't heard of that. I've heard of waste oil filtering it, but apparently with very slight modifications, old style diesel engines can run off of straight canola oil.
1: Doesn't surprise me one bit. Old school no. diesels will run off damn near
0: anything. Yeah, ain't that just not gasoline? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So Amy asks, "Have you ever totally failed at making a batch of alcohol?" Yep. Want to want to fill us in a little again, there, Nate? What happened? You, I know you mentioned it, but yeah. yeah, that'd be a
1: be a really bad batch of Mr. Beer. Uh, it didn't for uh, carbonate, and it tasted weird. And that's when I said, "This isn't for me. I'll just." Continue to buy my booze. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Mine was a batch of me totally flopped. I don't know what happened, but it was pretty disgusting. <laughs>
0: so some of that, I, I mentioned before that some of that early beer that tasted a lot like um, apple cider vinegar. So we did drink it and there's a story that goes behind this. I might as well share it since we have a few minutes. Um, my buddy Anthony and I, we were both fairly poor at the time and we, I, he, We went to his Christmas party. Uh, It was like this woodworking factory. And it was this big one that they had at a bar. And so we were too broke to be able to drink at the bar. So we brought my homebrew with me. And we left it out in his car. And so we would go out for a smoke. And we would down a beer or two. And then we'd come back in. And then we'd repeat this process until we were drunk enough that we would bring the beer back in with us. And that was fine. Except that, so (laughs) I had one of them stupid bottlers. So have you ever seen them like a pull-down style? And they're made for bottles that take the the ones that you need to use a bottle opener to take off, right? Mm -hmm. Not a twist top. I was putting them on a twist top. So they were getting jammed on there. So I was feeling pretty good. So I was taking them up to the bar, and it was a young guy working. And I said, hey, can you open these for me? So he was (laughs) until he attempted to do one, and the whole neck of the bottle broke right off in his hand. Because it must have been a, a weak bottle or whatever. And the bouncer, who looked like Hulk Hogan, come over to me and he said, where'd you get that beer? And I said, what? It's a Corona. You guys have it at the bar. And he goes up. He's like, we don't sell Corona here.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> he didn't kick me out, but he did confiscate the last of my homebrew. So, <laughs> was, yeah, that was my best homebrew story ever. But it, it was fun. There you go. But I had some wines that went um moldy that just didn't uh didn't turn out like they should. Um I had a beer, like I said, that I forgot under the kitchen sink for way too long and it it got moldy. I had a couple that got like floaty chunks in them. Don't don't drink anything that has floaty chunks. It's probably not healthy for you.
1: <laughs> yeah, probably not. I
0: don't think. I don't know. I mean, I've probably drank things that uh had floaty chunks in them before, but we we used to go so when I worked at Dairy Queen we used to go out to the bar for cheap drinks night and we were there right till closing one night and the next day I go in and I ask my boss I said or he asked me he said did you notice anything funny about your last drink and I'm like um no he went around and he <laughs> he took everybody's glass that had like that much left in it dumped them all in a glass and apparently I drank the whole thing without oh, thinking
2: about it oh so. man <laughs> Yeah. too smashed to even notice <laughs> yeah,
0: tasted good to me but <laughs> renegade butcher says uh the alcohol balances out the floaty chunk <laughs> yeah floaty chunks are they're not a they're yeah they're not a bonus let's put it that way no oh wait there was another book I wanted to mention guys so if you if people are into doing home brewing or looking at doing home brewing first one I mentioned was the complete joy of homebrewing that one's into like its fourth edition it's the bible it's the one that'll teach you how to do everything. Have any of you guys ever read the Foxfire book series? Do you guys know? No. Okay.
2: I've read through them a little bit.
0: They're really cool. They are a... <laughs> Sorry, i got to bring this up before I go any further. Renegade Butcher said that's how Tim got roofied. Yeah, I knew that's what he was going to say, but anyway, yeah. So, Foxfire, they are a collection of stories from like, life in the Appalachian Mountains in the 30s and the 40s. Kind of that old-time wisdom. And they collected them into volumes. They may have been magazines at first. I'm not sure. But they collected them into volumes. And years ago, when I worked at the library, I got a hold of the Foxfire Book of Winemaking. And it was so cool because it was the old-fashioned take. You know, they talked about using bread yeast to put together to make wines. And it was just the simplest, easiest kind of way of doing it. Hmm. So if you guys can find that book, I think I see it on Amazon, but it was like a 100 bucks. And um yeah, so I it, to me that was my favorite cuz I love and anybody ever read the book um Possum Living? You guys ever heard of that one? It was about yeah. a, a guy that basically lived on like almost no money at all. It was written by his daughter and uh it was it was about a guy that lived the hermit lifestyle and how he lived super super cheap, but I always I always dug those kind of just getting by with whatever you could whatever you had and make it as cheap as you could, you know? Um, Chicken Hawk says, have you ever heard that the yeast at the bottom is good for a hangover?
1: (sighs) Yeah, I've heard you can eat the worm out of tequila, but I still haven't done that.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I'm not big on putting worms in my mouth, but uh, (laughs) sorry. Now, I will say I've heard that because that is one thing you'll notice, that if you drink you know, bottom-of-the-barrel Bud Light that you get at your local liquor store, if you pour that in a glass, it's going to be clear. But if you buy... If you make home homebrew, you're going to have sediment in the bottom of the glass, and it's going to be, you know, whatever wasn't fermented that fermented in the bottle to make, um, you know, the carbonation, and whatever the the solids that were floating in there is going to settle to the bottom. Now you can pour it off into a glass, but you, yeah, you can drink it. It's supposed to be healthy for you. Uh, Chicken Hawk says making mead or make mead like a Viking is a good book. Anything to do with Viking. That kind of stuff sounds like a good book That's
1: That's something I want to learn is mead, so I'll have to remember that. Uh, Yeah, I have. I um, think Jack
2: talked about that book a lot at one time when he was back, when he was into the mead stuff. Oh,
0: yeah, I think he did, actually. Because I have that, so I don't know if I mentioned that, but I bought two one-gallon tubs of honey this year. I picked up all the yeast that uh, Jack and Brian from the Lots Project recommended for me. And I'm going to make my first um, attempt at uh, mead this year. Here's the name of that book. It's called Possum Living. How to live well without a job and with almost no money. It's an old classic. It's probably 40 years old. But it's it's a cool book if you guys are ever looking to you know, hmm. dig into that kind of stuff. Hmm. And Hawk says it's full of vitamins and minerals. Hey, whatever it takes to drink a little more, I'm, I'm okay with that. So.
1: <laughs> I've I've always I've never had a problem drinking the sediment at the bottom bottom of a homebrew or even a craft beer. Yeah, it's part of
0: the flavor to me. Do you ever try the beer with those little nitrogen canisters in them?
1: I like those. So I the do too. uh it's the uh, left hand milk stout. Okay. Has that little nitro piece in it? Yep. That's probably the best stout I've ever had was having Ooh. that little piece in there
0: well i got a um mine that i liked was a cream ale it was a Boddington's. it was a honey cream ale from okay. manchester in england and that those nitrogen canisters they make it rate right velvety you drink it and, oh it's mm-hmm. so good and what do we got here um oh yeah and uh renegade butcher said there's a reason brewer's yeast is used like a multivitamin for livestock yeah absolutely and Rachel Brown says, if I'm not mistaken, the sediments in the beer is genuinely dead yeast and it's high in B vitamins, like Chicken Hawk was saying. Well, guys, what do you think? Um, any other homebrewing stories or anything like that? That uh, Or any, any alcohol stories that we haven't shared yet that you'd like to share?
2: Nope. <laughs> not too okay. many alcohol stories. I've. <laughs> On a, on a little bit separate note, you know, most people drink alcohol to get hung over. I had some kratom the other night. I didn't know you could get hung over from that. Apparently, I had a serious kratom hangover the next day. Huh. So, so
0: that, I, it would be interesting. I would love to have an episode or a conversation with some people because in our circles, there seems to be two people on two sides of the dichotomy. You know, some people who say it's a miracle drug and a cure all for everything, and other people who say it's slightly less harmful than, say, heroin. You know what I mean? Not necessarily, but I'm just saying that there does seem to be two opposite ends of this conversation that would be really cool to dig down to and see where where we fall into it. Because if you, so, you got a pretty serious hangover from it, Ken?
2: Yeah, I mean, I just had a pounding headache all day and just couldn't go. I I've had it you know, dozens of times and never had an issue with it, but I just, uh, I guess that night I doubled up on it and, uh, didn't sleep well. And then, uh, yeah, next day wasn't so good on me. Huh?
0: Well, I, it would be, I would, I would really like to, I don't know. I don't know if we could do a whole episode on it or not, but it would sure be neat to, to go down that rabbit hole and see what people think, you know?
1: Yeah, I I would be afraid of cuz I have heard the Kratom can be a little addictive. So, I would I be that, too. I have that personality and I don't I've been clean for it's been going on 8 years now, 9 years. So, I I get it. Good with that.
0: My last experience with edibles was uh not enjoyable, let's put it that way. And uh I'll tell that story some night, but it was yeah. You just i don't know i don't uh i don't handle that kind of shit very well so I, I don't think i would ever i have no reason to to, to dabble with it but it, i would still right. like to know the the ins and the outs of it you know well that can yeah. be the I, guinea that board. was a
2: whole <laughs> that was a whole uh aside on the whole alcohol discussion mm. i just i just had no, a hangover from it i was like i didn't know you
1: could do that
0: <laughs> anybody have hangover cures anybody out there try one that actually worked
1: uh drink really good whiskey it helps yeah if you drink really you know halfway decent whiskey you're gonna have less chance of having a hangover Why like is that? i get, so on your book club stream uh, yeah i might have drank too much that's slightly fine. you couldn't tell but that's okay i think i probably drank about a quarter of this bottle of glenn it's easy to do exactly I had, no hango- I had no hangover the, the next morning.
2: Hmm.
1: Like, no problem at all. Got up, could function through the day. If I have, you know, a little bit harder whiskey, or if I have like one or two Bud Lights with the neighbor or something, mm-hmm. I'll have a hangover for like a day and a half. I wonder what that, that's really weird. I don't know what it is, but I think it's the the, the to me it seems the better the alcohol you drink, the less of a hangover you get.
0: It could be. I mean, I don't know if you guys have seen that TikTok trend where they're taking like bottom shelf vodka and they're running it through a Brita filter seven or eight times. And they say it comes out tasting like, um, I forget, like whatever a good vodka is anyway. I'm not a vodka guy, never have been. But um, yeah, so, and they say it takes out the impurities, makes it um, purer and doesn't make you feel so bad. Because a lot of that cheap stuff ends up being messy you know <laughs> interesting we used to drink oh what's that beer called colt 45 in high school yeah. uh, oh that, and they always said that was the bottom of the barrel mm-hmm. like that the story was always that it was the the stuff they scraped off the bottom of the fermentation tank because it was but when you're 14 you'll take whatever you can get
1: <laughs> yeah Mad Dog 2020. (laughs) Oh,
0: we used to get Fosters too, which isn't that bad, but you could get the big can for pretty cheap, Mm -hmm. you know? Yep, yep. And uh, speaking of home uh, hangover cures, I'm surprised I'm not dead. But when I was 18 through 22, 23, when I would go to bed at night, I would drink two liters of water and I would take two Tylenol threes with codeine after drinking and go to bed. And oh, yeah, water's a great, yeah, but I don't know why. just stupid the things you would do when you were younger you know
1: yeah if, if, if anybody ever sees me drinking this this is a quart mason jar and it's full of water <laughs> oh, we got scrambling in here too he must have heard us talking about uh uh
0: kratom oil cans i gulped <laughs> on a few of them what are oil cans is that a, a is he talking about a type of alcohol or actual oil cans no idea uh rachel says beer has hops in it generally which is used to settle upset stomachs Plain hops may suck to eat, but getting it in beer is more palatable. Hmm.
1: I like a good hoppy
2: beer.
0: I do too. Uh, absolutely.
1: IPA is really good when, you, when you're when you eating Indian food. Other than that, I won't touch it.
0: Uh, I don't like. I, I cannot stand. Um, what is the s- seasoning they put in Indian food? The yellow stuff? Curry. Curry. Oh, Curry. I, I can't even stand the <laughs> smell of it. Oh, my God. I don't know why. but. Um, Chicken Hawk says drink water before you pass out. And yes, the clearer and cleaner, the better. Yeah, as much water as you can get in, and it always used to work uh, when you're 18 to 20. The most, the more grease you could get in you, the better you'd be too. Mm-hmm. Go and get. Uh, we we we'd go to the local pizza joint and we'd get as much pizza or as much deep fried chicken as we possibly could. Hmm. Well, guys, what do you got coming up
2: this week? Start with you, Ken. Oh man, ah. Oh. Good question. I'm supposed to have Brian from the Lots Project on my podcast at some point, but he keeps traveling around the country and is uh, <laughs> never has any service. So <laughs> he's like, I, I don't know. We, we keep rescheduling. So I'm pushing him back, keep till someday when he's got good enough internet to come on the podcast. Um, I do have coming up, I think next week, which is on Wednesday, I have um, Fi- Ariel, Ariel, I'm not sure how you say it, from Fine probably seen her on uh oh, MeWe. yeah she's supposed to come on the podcast talk about tiny house living and prepping and all of that so that's gonna be a fun conversation um otherwise live in life we're supposed to have a community party here this weekend we do that once a year just invite all the neighbors and have a uh have a pot of chili over the fire and sit around the fire and yes yeah, have a good time they're all old people so they go home early which is good that's the type of
0: people I like, too. My ass goes to bed early. So the real question is, Ken, beans or no beans?
2: I it depends. Startup. It varies. Brian, <laughs> right? Yeah
0: Brian, yeah, Brian, yeah, Brian listen to this It depends episode, if you're
2: from Texas. <laughs> depends <laughs> if you're from Texas, right?
0: <laughs> Fair enough. Because I, I always ate chili with beans in it, but that's another story for another day. Yeah, yeah. yeah. How about you, Nate? What do you got going on?
1: Uh, Well, tomorrow we're going to release another podcast i'm not sure what we're going to talk about because we haven't recorded it yet so uh, that'll be tonight as soon as the girls go to bed hopefully we can get one in if not you're just going to get me on this week so we'll see how it goes okay. um, and then on uh I, I was thinking about doing a live stream on friday again but uh we have company coming over so i will probably go for sunday I might work the radio a little bit, uh, answer some questions, and I'll probably post that on the uh, Facebook page so everybody knows that I'm going to do that, and I'll uh, get our schedule figured out this weekend. There's a couple of projects I got to get done before I can jump on and do that. Got to get ready for snow.
0: Are you going to pull the audio from that and put it in your podcast feed?
1: Yeah, we're talking about it. So
0: Put it in all the places, right? Yep, yep. So how, yeah, uh, just to further the debate, Amy says she didn't know people ate chili without beans. Yeah, yeah I didn't either. you got to
1: have the beans. We've
0: like three types of beans in our chili. So yeah. I don't know. <laughs> that, that'll probably cause people in Texas to stroke out or something. So we,
1: we, we do medium, hot, and then we do venison, ground venison in ours.
0: Ooh, that sounds good. The thing about beans is it makes your chili louder too. I always mm-hmm. found, but yeah. Uh,
1: Yes, I, renegade. I did say snow. Yeah. We're going to have snow sometime <laughs> soon here in Illinois because it snows in the winter.
0: I'm living on borrowed time at this point. We normally have had snow, like I said, as early as September 7th, I've seen snow here. It doesn't stay, it will melt, but once November 1st comes, snow's here to stay, whatever hits the mm-hmm. ground. So and
1: how do they find you nate? Uh, you can find us at uh, twochickshomestead.com. That's where the landing page is. And then our podcast is on all the major players. So, TCS, um, we got the freeze dryer fixed yet. Not yet. They picked it up on Wednesday. It is headed back to harvest rate right as we speak. It should have got delivered today. Nice. So, we'll uh, figure out what's going on with that. And we know, should know something within uh, three weeks, I think. Okay. Um,
0: Ken, did you say how people could find you? I can't remember.
2: I didn't, but just go to constructivelibertypodcast.com is the place to find me, or dozens of other places, but that's as good as any.
0: Excellent. And for me, just the regular routine at this point for the next four weeks um, just Thursday, Saturday, Sunday, 7 p.m. Although this Thursday, there won't be a live stream, there'll be a pre recorded episode in the podcast feed. Um, yeah, I'm going to be at Jack's, uh, at the TSP fall workshop in what about a month, I think. Cool. So never been to Texas before. So that'll be fun. I'm driving again because I'm a sucker for punishment and I love three day drive. So that'll be pretty cool. That'll be 15,000 kilometers in two trips. So what'd what, that be about 10,000 miles in two trips? So that's quite a bit. Yeah, it's fun. Uh, the truck just rolled over 50,000 kilometers, so that'd be, what, about 35,000 miles, so I'm wow. looking forward to it. Um, yeah, it just launched. hit
2: 200,000.
0: Oh, well, yeah, you're doing good. <laughs> yeah, I got about 200 on
1: my car, 199.
0: It uh, just launched the Patch of the Month Club, if anybody's interested, uh, patchofthemonth.co. I'm pretty excited about that. Ken's first patch was sent out the other day. I'm really excited for that. Can't wait to see. Have you got your second one yet, Nate? not yet probably tomorrow okay yeah because i sent them out when did i send them out i can't yeah i don't know last I know week you, i know you
1: sent the silver out too and we got brian's today okay those coins. i want to um, say
0: it was friday it was no it was before i think it was thursday i sent it out thursday morning so yeah it okay. took about five five business days to get to you last time so
1: yeah yeah i know we got it before chris did
0: yeah. oh yeah, and the and Aaron goes and the silver. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every time live in province, and Chris gets it after you guys. So, but yeah, yeah. Yep. Uh toolmantim.co. That's where you can find me. All things toolman Tim and workshop related. All right, guys, all hearts clear. You got anything else you want to say? Nope. I think I'm think all we're done. I think we are good. The bourbon's hitting me good tonight, so I enjoy that. But all right, guys, we appreciate you as always, and uh yeah. We will see you next week. Same bat time, same bat channel. All
2: right. See you guys next week.